You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Want to welcome in from SI Nation, Cole Thompson. I've never met you before, sir. I had you on the show. So for the first time, we want to welcome you and good morning and thank you for being a part of Sam and Greg on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Eric and I were talking about the news from last week. We understand that you also, along with the NFL, cover college football. And just your thoughts on, um, well, let's start off with you. I see you, you know, do some stuff for the Aggies and and some other things and SEC. I don't know if this is where you mainly focus on. And, Greg, he's a proud alum of Roll Tide. All right. Well, then there you go. So how does this contract Effect. This will be the question, and we'll get to the Falcons. How does what just happened with the Big Ten and them securing Fox, NBC, uh, CBS, obviously not really starting till next year, how does that affect how people are going to watch the, uh, the SEC moving forward? Well, to be fair, it's not going to affect them that much because the deal's already signed with ESPN. So the deal's already been locked and loaded for the seven years, $330 million. So we know where the SEC is going. But what you could see is, uh, especially this changes for the college football playoff. So the thing that you really like about with this, if you're a Big Ten fan, is they are going to be the subject of conversation throughout the day. They'll start off on Fox with big noon kickoff. You'll have the marquee afternoon game on CBS around 3.30. And then you'll have the night game on at NBC, very similar to what we're seeing right now with the NFL model. And that's one thing of why the NFL has been able to rule Sundays Nonstop. They play on three different networks. The other thing that I really like about this deal is the Big Ten Championship is going to rotate through all three networks. So right. one year yeah. it'll be on NBC, one year it'll be on CBS, one year it'll be on Fox. So it's very similar to having the Super Bowl or having an actual NFL playoffs. So while I'm not personally a fan of the way that the college football is going toward more of a professional model, this is one of those few times where we know that NFL games rule Sunday afternoons because of the markets that they're on, because of the revenue that comes in. We know that there are marquee games that are played on certain channels. You know, you always see the Dallas Cowboys played outside of a blue moon on Fox. You always see the New England Patriots played outside of a blue moon on CBS. So you always have these kind of marquee games that people are going to be highlighting. This is going to also change the way that we look at the college football playoff. Because the TFP comes to its current end in 2025-2026. So that season will be the very last year, and then they'll be up for negotiation once more. I would not be shocked to see other markets try to get involved, want to get in a bidding war, and have this be a rotating carousel for games in the CFP. This also, I think, could help out with college football playoff expansion because they would want more games. And ultimately, at the end of the day, money talks. And there's going to be a lot of people now saying, this is the asking price of what we're looking for to go play for your network. You know, Notre Dame shows up for a deal. 
the Pac-12 is up for a deal in two years. You have the Big Ten, uh, the Big 12 up for a deal in three years. So a lot of things are going to change with how teams, markets, and conferences go into negotiations, especially when it comes to average per year revenue. I mean, we're, we're looking at 16 teams right now on the regular bringing in over $100 million. Yeah, and listen, Eric, um, Cole, again, Cole Thompson from SI Nation joining Sam and Greg here, Sports Radio, 92.9thegame.com. Eric, I'm sorry, i got to piggyback on something that Cole just Go said. Go ahead. I mean, he's giving some great information. He is. He's, he's doing great here. And to the point, so I was right, 2025 is when this current contract ends. My thing is this. As we watch the, the changing landscape of college football, don't you think we're headed toward, and this is a scenario that I heard, and of all the ones I've heard, this makes sense to me, um, and that is, forming four 16-team conferences. We got that already in the SEC. We got that in the Big Ten. ACC is a few teams away. You can combine the Big 12 and and the Pac-12 and and call it whatever you want and have them have 16 teams. You take four teams from each one of those conferences, and that's where the playoff is. But for what you said when you talked about renegotiating TV contracts, my thing is this. If that were the scenario and those four conferences had those 16 teams – that leaves, unless they make a decision, Notre Dame out. Because Notre Dame could go to NBC and say, all right, listen, we see all this money you're throwing around. Give us enough money to stay out of a conference, and we won't join one. Or does Notre Dame look in the mirror and say, okay, these guys are going to move on without us, and they're going to exclude us from getting a national championship if we don't join one of those conferences? You know, it's interesting because Notre Dame only wants $75 million per year in average revenue to be able to stay in independent. That was the deal that they're trying to get in place right now with NBC. And according to multiple people that I've spoken to close to the Fighting Irish situation, if they get anything near that deal by any, uh, any marketing place, so any, any network, CBS, Fox, ESPN, they will take that deal and remain independent. The reality is, is that right now, Notre Dame believes that they are above the rest because they kind of are, especially when you look at how they've been able to thrive as an independent. They're one of the only few media, media markets that when we talk about them, we're not talking about them as just a football team. We're talking about them as a media contribution. They used to own NBC. Now they have to fight for NBC reps. They have their own television rights. Now they don't. So you look at all those other things, that could potentially change. But at the same time, people understand what Notre Dame can bring in an average revenue. People understand what Notre Dame can bring to the table. Plus, with the historic background of Notre Dame, it's very hard to say that if they were one of maybe two teams that we view as an actual national championship contender in the independent, that they would keep them out. But if there is a ruling or there is a new ploy to where they say, listen, The only way to make the college football playoff is if we have these major four conferences of 16 teams. They currently are locked into the deal with the ACC. A lot of people I know want them to go to the Big Ten, but they're locked in with the TV deal on every other single sport besides football until 2036. Uh, They would have to have a significant buyout to move to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten would have to probably be willing to pay part of that buyout to bring them in. Uh, Ultimately, if the Big Ten were to go get them, From what I'm hearing, it would have to be a two-way street, so they would also be adding in a team like Stanford. Stanford feels like the number one pick to go along with Notre Dame because of their historic background of how they played each other for the last 35-plus years. But, again, these are all moves that Kevin Warren is looking into. Nothing seems imminent right now. In fact, according to most people that I've spoken to on the Irish side, uh, Alpha Director Jack Schwarbeck is doing everything in his power 
to get a long-term deal locked in place with NBC before the start of the 2023 season. Yeah, well, if anyway, if that scenario plays out, Cole, I see them staying in the ACC, not moving over, because their path to a playoff through the ACC teams is a whole lot easier than it would be for those Big Ten teams. Well, let's get back uh, to the NFL for a minute again. Cole Thompson from SI Nation joining Sam and Greg here with Eric Slaughter this morning, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. All right, from your perspective, what are you seeing right now or thinking that this Falcons team could be given – you know, the, the small sample size from what you got out of Detroit to get ready for their game against the Jets, but also looking at this division uh, and what they're going to be going up against. Your thoughts on this Atlanta Falcons team? It's a good thing that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith admitted that it was time for a rebuild because that's kind of where this team is going, and it's a positive. I mean, I think a lot of people always say when you look at the negatives or hear the term rebuild, it means that we're going to stink. Well, at times, you have to be bad to be able to get good. I think that there's one thing that's very frustrating that you've seen from a lot of Falcons fans, especially if you check Twitter, depending on the time of the day. Uh, they're tired of seeing 6-10, and 7-9, and 7-10, seasons. They want to either be a full-on contender or a full-on pretender. And you look at the offensive line, there's certainly some holes there. You look at the limited run game, there's holes there. You look at the receiving court, there's holes there. The quarterback position surprisingly, is actually not that bad. You have the likes of Arthur Smith and how he's worked with Marcus Mariota in the past. That, I think, gives them another element to the passing attack. But I also really liked what I saw from Desmond Ritter in the short situation. I think he made one of the more impressive throws of the preseason among rookie quarterbacks. And I do think that he does have some value to the team. Defensively, you know, you know that you're one of the weakest pass rushes in the NFL last season. You finished bottom, you know, you finished dead last in Sacks and in pressures, that just doesn't get fixed overnight, even if you draft guys like Arnold Abiquetti and D'Angelo Malone. I think the secondary has some potential, especially with Casey Hayward walking opposite of what you have with HHRL. Uh, maybe if you have a really good sp- uh, summer and, I mean, a really good start from Richie Grant, there's a lot of potential on the back end there. But, again, it's a good thing that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are willing to rebuild. It'll be a long season, but what it'll do is it'll help set up the foundational pieces. It'll help figure out who is here for the long run, what areas do I need to address in the draft and free agency. And at the same time, they're admitting that this is a time for us to take a step back, for us to take a positive step forward. We're done being this mediocre franchise. We want to be a consistent role player. And again, in the NFC South, anything's possible. I mean, if, if Matt, I mean, if, if Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter can have an absolute fire show, if Brian Edwards can step up as the number two, if you get consistent play from Drake London and Kyle Pitts, seven wins is very plausible. Eight wins is very plausible. I mean, I'm not sure to trust Carolina completely until I see it on the field. I wouldn't trust Jameis Winston completely. And you never know when Tom Brady's going to be back. I mean, it, it yeah. could be enough for you to maybe sneak a win in over there. You know, I, I personally think he'll be back week one, but it, it truly never knows. So, Seven wins is plausible. I see this more as about a four or five win team, but it's never say never on any aspect. I tell you, man, I tell you, Greg, Cole Thompson, he's just giving us the knowledge just here this yeah, morning yes. on 929 The Game, and we want to thank him. You also can hear him on his podcast, Just Saying It. I love the name of that, Just Saying It, and we appreciate you taking the time, Cole. I mean, you've answered so many questions that I would have already asked you what you think the record would be, what's the ceiling, what's the floor. You said seven, eight wins could be the ceiling, three or four could be the floor. So let's say they are more towards that floor. Do they go into the 2023 draft saying that, you know what, I like what I've seen, we can go defense first, or 
Will they have to think about what the quarterback has done? What do you Purdue? Get onto your crystal ball 2023 draft. What do you see the Falcons doing next year? I think it really is based on Desmond Ritter. As much as I think Marcus Mariota is a viable option, what you're doing is you're looking to see what Ritter can be. And this is a guy that said he modeled his game after Marcus Mariota and modeled his game after Ryan Tannehill during the pre-draft process. So Arthur Smith really should be able to get the best play out of a guy like Ritter. And if he can't, this is a quarterback league. I, I, I can't stress that enough. As much as I love seeing defensive players, I think as a defensive side of the football, especially the defensive line with guys like Jalen Carter, guys like Nolan Smith, guys like B.J. Ojolari, and then Will Anderson, we haven't even gotten to his name yet, they are so valuable to a team's success. They all are worthy of being a top-ten selection. But this is a quarterback-driven league, and if you're picking somewhere in the top three where you have an opportunity to bring in a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. And more specifically, if a team like the Houston Texans or the Chicago Bears go in a completely different direction to allow you to have that option to draft either a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, you have to consider it, especially if you're not getting good play out of Desmond Ritter. You know, I've seen this before where a quarterback who comes on strong late in the season, they get an extra push and they're told, you have one full year to figure it out. I could see that happening. Again, you look at the draft class in 2024, but the quarterback like Caleb Williams from USC or maybe Quinn Ewers from Texas. There's a few other names who are going to be in the mix as well. I, I think at that point, you could always say, we'll try it with Ritter. We know we're nowhere near ready to contend for a playoff spot yet. So what we'll do is we'll add as many defensive pieces as possible to fix that side of the ball, and then we'll go address the quarterback. I can absolutely see that happening. But at the same time, you have to see some value in a guy like Desmond Ritter. It doesn't really matter with Mariota. We know that he is a good bridge option. He is here for two years to be able to navigate that bridge between the Matt Ryan era and the next era. The thing is, is that if Ritter isn't the guy, you have to be able to get that guy in there for him to learn on the Mariota, the cadences, the ins, the outs, the do's, the don'ts of an Arthur Smith-led offense. That way, when it is coming up for free agency, if you want to keep him around, you can. If not, or the guy that is probably going to be your long-term starter is already in the building. So a lot of ways to go. I personally think it all matters on Desmond Ritter's progress, not Marcus Mariota. All right, listen, on your way out, be sure to get one of those magnetic key cards, but you're coming back in the building. We're going to have him back <laughs> we here. We like it. We like we it. We like have, it. We're going to have Cole back here. He's a, Fal- <laughs> he's a, a Falcons contributor. The guy is a proud Aggie. He knows everything. You need. Uh, he is no, an Aggie, he's right? a proud Bama. He's a roll oh. tie. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed this up here. I'm sorry. He's, he's a pr- You know what we say about you folks from Alabama here, you know, in Georgia, Atlanta, because you all spend so well, much you time. Well, from Texas. Pardon? He's from Texas, too. Oh, he's a Texas. And he's from Texas. Texas. I just went to college there. They, they, yeah, they, but they gave me the most money. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. But y'all Not come here. Reason. Alabama fans come here and fix our potholes. That's the money we use, you know, when you come here and spend it for all them championship games and conference games and all that stuff you win. But Cole Thompson, again, SI Nation, we can't thank you enough. And if you don't mind, we'd like to reach out to you again and have you back on the show. How's that sound? Anytime. Just make sure you also claim Auburn as West Georgia finally. Well, I'll let Sam do Oh, West Georgia. Well, anything West Georgia, Sam's all about that. we got to introduce this dude to Mr. Crenshaw. <laughs> Cole, have a good rest of your day. Thank you again for getting up and uh, being part of the show. 